Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Crisis of Crime. I'm your host, Rachel Means, and I'm a criminologist. Thank you for joining me for my weekly podcast, where we talk about criminology and criminal justice reform. Today, I want to talk about something that I'm sure has crossed everyone's mind at some point, and that is, why do women love true crime so much? Is it just that women find these gruesome and shocking stories entertaining? Or is there something else going on? Historically, true crime media was focused on how crimes were solved, looking at the investigations and procedures conducted by the police and investigators to help solve the crime. But something happened in the mid-20th century, and there was a shift. True crime began focusing on the perpetrator, trying to understand their warped and sadistic psyche, all while portraying them as being cold and calculated. We see this starting in books such as In Cold Blood by Truman Capote and Helter Skelter, The True Story of the Manson Murders by Kurt Gentry. Along with this shift, America in the 1970s had a rise in reporting of serial killers on the news and the threat of stranger danger, creating anxiety among communities. On top of that, it always seems that after a serial killer was caught, a reporter would be questioning one of their neighbors, asking if they ever suspected anything. And it was always the same story. Oh, they seem so normal and nice. I can't believe they could do something like this. And this made people second guess if they could ever really truly know somebody. Research has found that serial killers tend to hide in plain sight. They tend to have families, hold normal jobs, and engage with their communities. So it's not surprising that people didn't suspect them. That's how they're able to avoid getting caught for so long. So we had this shift to true crime focusing on cold and calculated killers. But over the past eight years or so, there has been another shift of how true crime is being portrayed. In October of 2014, a podcast called Serial was launched, and it presented true crime in a new light. Instead of focusing on the perpetrator, they were focusing on the victims and the survivors. To say that the Serial podcast was a hit would be an understatement. It actually reached 5 million downloads faster than any other podcast in history. The success of Serial brought on a whole new host of creators in the true crime genre. So much so that the podcasting industry actually has a term for it, known as the Serial Effect. So why did this new type of true crime pique the interest of so many people? Well, first we need to look at who was actually consuming it and why. A study conducted in 2018, published in the Journal of Radio and Audio Media, found that true crime podcast listeners were 73% female, between the ages of 18 and 34, and were mostly college-educated at around 66%. Overall, the study found that both men and women like to listen to true crime predominantly for the purpose of entertainment, convenience, and boredom. Where it gets interesting is when the researchers looked at why women specifically were listening. They found that it was for social interaction, escape, and voyeurism. The study details that social interaction indicated that women wanted to be able to engage in conversations about true crime because of its popularity. 
Escape was essentially escape from stressors in life, such as forgetting about work for a little while. And voyeurism, as described by the researchers, meant that listeners enjoyed getting to peer into a criminal's mind or getting to learn intimate details about a person's secret life and their transgressions. But I want to focus on that first purpose, social interactions, because I think there's a lot more there to unpack than what the researchers laid out in their study. Could it be that women just wanted to keep up with the times, so they listened to true crime so they could engage in the national conversations about it? It's possible. But what if there's something deeper going on? Some of the most popular true crime platforms today are created by women for women. Some examples being the My Favorite Murder podcast, the Making a Murder documentary on Netflix, and the book I'll Be Gone in the Dark. As with this new trend in true crime storytelling, these platforms put the victim and survivors at the center of their stories, some going so far as to not show or name the perpetrator, assuming that they know who the perpetrator is, because if it's a cold case, like I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the perpetrator still hasn't been found and the crime still hasn't been solved. Quick side note, just to show how popular and influential true crime has become. All Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara was about a cold case describing a string of rapes and murders along the California coast committed by the infamous Golden State Killer. A line from her book states, It really confirmed for me that inside everyone lurks a Sherlock Holmes that believes that given the right amount of clues, they could solve a mystery. If the challenge here, or perceived weakness, is that the unsolved aspect will leave readers unfulfilled, why not turn that on its head and use it as a strength? End quote. And she did just that. After her book came out, there was so much public interest in the case that investigators reopened it. They were able to use DNA evidence left at crime scenes in the 70s and 80s and ran it through public genealogy databases where they were able to identify the identity of the Golden State Killer through his family tree. Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. was arrested in 2018 and sentenced to life in prison without parole. So it's pretty clear that true crime is used for more than just entertainment purposes and keeping up with the Joneses. But why is it mostly women who are interested in it, specifically regarding social interactions? This is where we start talking about criminology. The Routine Activities Theory, published in 1979 by Cohen and Felsen, tells us that in order for a crime to occur, there must be a motivated offender, a suitable target, and the lack of capable guardianship. This theory suggests that there will always be a presence of a motivated offender, that being a person or persons determined to commit a particular offense. An example of a suitable target would be someone walking alone with earbuds in, or someone who is impaired, such as under the influence of alcohol or disabled. An example of a lack of capable guardianship could be the lack of witnesses in the area or the lack of security cameras. So what does the routine activity theory have to do with women's obsession with true crime? Before we answer that, I want you to think back to a time in your life when you look back on it and think to yourself, that could have ended very badly. I think about all the times in college when I walked home alone after having more than a few drinks, 
or my friend who would get rides home from campus with classmates who were total strangers to her. Yes, nothing bad ever happened in those situations, but it could have just as easily gone the other way. Now, imagine that you have these resources, these stories of women who are just like you, who are in these same situations that you've been in on so many occasions, but for them, it ended badly. Would you not find it valuable to be able to hear exactly what happened, especially in cases where the victim escaped, so you would know what to do if that were to ever happen to you? This is where routine activities theory comes in. True crime is helping women become less suitable targets and learn to increase their capable guardianship. True crime is teaching women how to survive. Another reason I think that women are so drawn to true crime is because a lot of women are victims of some form of sexual assault. According to RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, one out of every six women has been a victim of rape or attempted rape in her lifetime. I think true crime can be cathartic for victims because when we have these experiences, they can make you feel very isolated in the aftermath. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Me Too and Time's Up movements have come about around the same time as this rise in true crime content. I think women are finally breaking the taboo of talking about their experiences, and it's forming a community of survivors. Now before I go, I want to take a moment to call out the irony of women, mostly white women that is, being the primary consumers of true crime as a way to learn survival strategies. It's ironic because white women tend to be the least likely demographic to become a victim of a violent crime. I think one of the reasons that white women are so drawn to true crime is because a lot of the most infamous serial killers targeted victims who were young white females, such as Ted Bundy, Joseph James D'Angelo Jr., and Dennis Rader. I also think it's important to recognize the racial bias that exists within true crime stories and reporting, and that most of them are based on white female victims. BIPOC women are typically left out, and I think it comes from this toxic societal notion that White women are fragile and need to be protected. And this phenomenon isn't just seen in true crime stories and reporting. It's present in everyday news media as well. The most recent glaring example is the Gabby Petito case, where multiple news networks reported on her disappearance, causing a national uproar to locate Gabby. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of people go missing every year, and we hardly hear about it. The Daily Mail actually reported that nine other bodies of missing persons were found during the search for Gabby. It's clear that we have the resources to find missing persons, but they only seem to be wielded to their full potential when it's a white female victim coupled with national attention. My final thoughts on true crime for today is that we are living in one of the safest time periods, statistically compared to other decades. But yet, the rise in popularity of true crime likely skews that fact in many people's minds, convincing them that the occurrence of violent crime is much more prevalent than it actually is. 
Okay, friends, that's all I have for you today. Be sure to let me know what your favorite true crime show is and if you agree with me that there's a deeper meaning to why women are drawn to it. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Crisis of Crime, or you can visit my website at www.crisisofcrime.com where you can send me a direct message. Be sure to tune in next Monday for an all-new episode, and until then, this has been Crisis of Crime. Crisis of Crime